KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. It's the chat room with your host Dana Flores. Marie Stone is not available this week. She's off doing something fabulous, probably in relation to alcohol. And that's not me demeaning her character. That is me just reiterating things that she has said herself on air. Every Friday, 5 p.m., Dana Flores, myself, and Marie Stone, we talk about dating, relationships, sex, all the fun stuff. In studio, within moments, will be a comedian that our producer ran into at the Irvine... Oh, wow. As I speak of him... Hello? Yes. In studio with us today, the inimitable, right... In inimitable, isn't that the word? In- inevitable. <laughs> or that one too. Inevitable as in it finally did happen. Don't be, kind of turn that guy, uh, the, the oh, mic, oh, just the like, mic. yeah, manhandle it. it. I won't make any penis jokes. <laughs> too late. The, the elephant, I can't stop thinking about it. Right, sorry. Um, so, Paul Lau, let's start with um, just kind of a quick how you got where you're at now. Are you doing comedy a lot or is it kind of a... Oh, uh, yeah. I did the uh, Irvine Improv uh, two weeks ago. On a, It's kind of like a contest, but really showing that talent. Um, I did the Comedy Store a month ago, so I'm just trying to get the hustle. Uh, I'm originally from South Bend, Indiana, and I made the 3,000-mile drive to go chase my dream. Um, and oddly enough, there were, like, tons of Asians, so this is all new for me. I, you mean uh, the fact that, like, here there's lots, or are you talking about in South Oh, Bend? yeah, yeah, no, like, here, because I was kind of like, uh, this, uh, this lone wolf, you know, so it's just half black, half white, the same nickname, Ching Chong, and then I come out here, and it's like, oh, no, your name's Paul, you're, when all our parents are that way, it's cool. You're cool, bro. <laughs> In fact, they probably have some specific... We've got, like, probably multiple derogatories for each country. We don't do the... just the, Yeah, yeah, the, the generalization. I like that, though. Like, when you um, make it specific, because then you actually become less uh, ignorant racist. Now you're, like, a specific racist. Like, I only like... I don't like Armenian women who uh, don't put their shopping carts away on Thursdays. So now... From this one village. From this one village uh, in, in the Alps. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. There's an equivalent, I'm sure, to the Alps in Alps, Armenia. Armenia. Although I really don't know the geography yeah. there. Well, I mean, you know, their mayor is Armand Asante, so I guess... <laughs> Isn't he? <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> or it's not true. I am the law. For all those of you young kids that know about Judge Dredd. <laughs> I do remember Judge Dredd, but I think only the movie. Yeah. I didn't I, do comics. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, the comics were pretty good, Uh 20,080 comics. It was like post-dystopian whatever, but Sylvester Stallone, like, I don't know, you you know how like sometimes there's a your action hero just had that weird way of talking? So with him it was like, I am the law! Where's my coleslaw? Ah, <laughs> oh, you shot my paw! Like, you could just keep going with that. Like you know exactly how he's gonna deliver anything with those kind of syllables and that oh, rhymes with yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I just of... made Sylvester Stallone haiku just now, but yeah. Yeah, that's and you know that's funny. Just today I watched your uh, the video portion of the pod, the Duke Fightmaster podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. did not know that you were such an not imitator. What's the word? Oh, impressionist. Yes, yeah, impressionist. Im- Im- imitators also 
you know, the same. That's like derogatory, kind of. I mean, when we're talking about Taco Bell, it's kind of like, yes, it's imitation, but, <laughs> you know. Um, no, it, I mean, you can judge for yourself whether or not these are good, so. Yeah, the, uh, the uh, impressions you were doing were probably of, like, local comics. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't know from your set mm-hmm. at the improv that you did impressions. Mm-hmm. But that's cool. So let's kind of talk to... So you started in South Bend, Indiana as one of the few or the only Asian kid? Uh, I was one of the good Asian kids. Um, We still have um, Asian gangs out there, too. So I didn't get caught into that, mostly because I was articulate. Like, I just couldn't be like, yo, dog, yeah, for reals. I'm like, I... Do I have to say it like that? Must I? Do, are there dangling participles in rap? I don't. <laughs> and it's funny how gangsters will enforce that kind of like mode of speech. Like mm-hmm. if you don't talk like them, yeah. they don't. Gangs are not what they used to be. In the old days, I think they were kind of an economic unit. It's like, listen, we need to get together to make sure we can survive. And now it's like a group of dudes that get together to be cool. Yeah, yeah. Now it's cool. I just when you said economic unit, I could only. Simpson, get in my office right now. I need those pictures of Spider-Man. You, those pants need to be right below your waist. No belts. I mean, we need drugs. Sold. Our <laughs> drugs. numbers are low. That's probably what their meetings yeah, go. There's a lot of uh, PowerPoint presentations. Yeah, listen, we need to talk about, you see this thing, how it's going down? Mm-hmm. This is bad. <laughs> but now it's more like, who can imitate more this new rapper, or who can kind of pretend like they're not, pretend like they have a southern accent. Yeah, it is, like, very manufactured now, um, a la, remember, uh, Adam Sandler movies, and you just have that jock that was, like, Abbe Doobie, and that was, like, the extent of his, you know, impression, and it's just, like, well, he's popular, and it's kind of funny, so he's a comedian, and, like, now it's sort of, like, maybe I'm detracting from a point, but now it's, like, hey, I'm a comedian, because I show YouTube videos to people, all right, and it's, it's kind of, like, I don't know, it's, it's a weird way, the way we imitate things, like uh, how we're supposed to have value in them, you know. Are you talking about people who are um, less original when it comes to, like they don't bring anything new to comedy, they just kind of present their DJs right. of comedy? Kind yeah, of? and they kind of just like put on the, I hate saying fake, but yeah. Just say it's it. Like, just say it. Say the F word. Four <laughs> letters. Rhymes with taken. Has a K in it. <laughs> has, a K, has a K in it. Just one, not three. Um... But yeah, there's there's just like a very false uh, persona. They think that if they put on the suit, it'll whoa, put on the suit, then they'll buy them, um, you know, power or whatever comes with it. So so you have come into contact with these kind of people in your comedy comedy journey. everywhere. Where it's the thing about it is like you get better um, impressions when you give them like a, an opinion, like a focus. So I do like let's just say um, Alan Rickman. Hello. Mr. Potter, yes, please turn to 300. No, not that suit. No, what? I don't care. Is is your nose itchy? <sighs> this was so much easier with John McLaren. <laughs> yes, uh, Die Hard, good. Yeah, so. I was like, please, you got to go with the Die Hard. I you could have done Harry Potter, but I feel like that's too new. It's too Ew. new to... What? Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, I'm trying to, you know, get the... It's. I mean, it's done, though. Like, six movies have just rolled out, so... Yeah, I know. I guess I haven't seen that many of them, whereas I've seen Die Hard... Oh, I know. Every Christmas. It's, it's like, great. It's cool. I don't yeah. know. At first, I guess I thought it was cheesy, but the more I watch them, I'm like, wow, these are, like, re- these are like serious action movies. <laughs> Very. And then it's so, it's subtle, too, sometimes. Like, um, remember Trevette from Walker? Like, he's the hacker in the movie. 
the quarterback is toast. That guy. Oh, man. And then you have this uh, black um, limo driver named Argyle. Possibly the most Celtic name you can name. <laughs> it's pretty nuanced. I think what you're saying is it's, it's well done. It's yeah. not just this clobbered together machine. Yeah, like it is now. And plus there was that element of the like breaking marriage, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's always fun. A little <laughs> element of depression. Right. And that's how I feel. I feel comedy should be able to go those places. And it was yeah. funny sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know why it had to go all Chelsea Handler, where it's just like, I have a drug problem. Okay, subtle racism. Like, um, I don't know. I need a new black friend. Like, you can't just say that. I mean, some people... No, you can never say that, actually. No. Uh, off the table. Off the table. So let's... We're, you're in Indiana. You're, you're one of the kids that made it out of, I guess, it was common. Are you, like... What is the word? Indo from the Indo-Chinese Peninsula? Are your people from the Indo-Chinese well, Peninsula? My people have been wronged many times, only because uh, there are many tribes of. No, uh, I'm Cambodian, okay. and so um, yeah, my parents are uh, refugees, and uh, by a weird twist of fate, uh, we ended up in Indiana instead of like New York or California. I guess some. Um, a Presbyterian church basically ordered some Cambodians, and uh, they did not. <laughs> They don't have FedEx or UPS, and this lightning bolt, like, struck the plane, so they had to, like, land early, and then they were like, well, we can't really get them there, they're happy in New York, whatever, so do you want this uh, this couple? And then the um, adoption family was like, yeah, sure, and, and it's like, well, it's, it's going to be three, she's pregnant, and that was me, and it was like, uh-oh, that could be a deal breaker, and I'm like, no, no, we're, we just had a baby, you know, come on in, and then there I, here I am. So you guys got on the plane? You rode a plane oh, in no, no. uterus? Oh, no, no. Well, yeah. In vitro. It's not yes, like I, that's the one. <laughs> in utero. Or Wait, in, in vitro. Isn't that in In the... vitro. Yeah, I was... I, was, I remember everything. <laughs> the two the two cells that I was. Um, there's a scrapbook. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. But I was... Yeah. I was in utero. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So yeah. by weird crapshoot, you guys made it to South Bend. Mm-hmm. And it turned out there are other Cambodians in spe- specific or just... I mean, there were. I just, uh, I don't know, I didn't really connect with them. And plus, um, you really adapt to whoever you see most or whoever you interact socially most. Were some of these kids, did some of these kids come later than you? Like, were they not born in the U.S.? (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I I hope some people (laughs) came later than me. Um, Yeah, 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 they did. Uh, But, I mean, youth isn't really an issue for me. Like, I gauge people by, like, intelligence and interest and... Sure. I guess what I was thinking is if some of them, like, were teenagers up Mm -hmm. to, like, 10 years old in Cambodia, they may have had a different upbringing than you. Oh, that way. They might be straight gangster already when they came here. Oh, sure. Killing fields? I mean, it's pretty, you know, dark history, you know. So were you one of the few uh, Cambodian kids that were actually born in the U.S.? Yeah, I was born in the U.S. Because you were on the... But the parts, I was manufactured and the parts were from Cambodia. (laughs) So, so, but the patent, the stamp is there. Um, it's funny if you if you want a quick check, uh, look at the back of someone's head. If they are from, you know, the old country as we call it, they don't have like incubation areas for the baby. So they'll be laying on like a bamboo floor that's really hot, and your head is really soft. So it'll just develop like straight up and down. You'll just have a flat back of a head. So you kind of look like a a big toe from behind. <laughs> And uh, and that's how you that's how you know that's like a clear indicator. Now that is it. now is this based in truth or is this a Paul Lau tall tale? 
<laughs> I well, no, babies' heads are soft because uh believe it or not, like your head isn't gonna like move your mom's um uterus. Like, you know, it has to have some leeway to push out. Right. So but no, it's it's true. My dad's kinda got a flat head in the back. No kidding. You know, I go back to Cambodia, I'm like, oh wow. When you guys turn around it's like I'm getting, you know, the Siskel Niebert. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Titanic was a good movie, and paid. Hold on, let me shave your head and draw a nail there, just once. <laughs> Thumb wars, let me yeah. superimpose a uh, upside-down chin mouth. We're going to make a movie, but you don't. we don't even see your face. We don't see the back of your head with a thumb and paint a face on it. That's right, Charlie. We're going to show her everything. We're going to trim that nail. We're going to get there. Hoo-ah! I don't... Hoo-ah, there's people! Al Pacino is Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> I was like, what is that? I wanted to call it, but I couldn't oh. quite call it. Oh, yeah. You kind of got to drop some of the lines and I'm a little hoarse, a little yeah, from, from right. all the screaming. So you don't get to uh, be a comedian by day. You actually have to do a real job. Yeah, yeah you got to do it. You got to pay the rent. That's uh, true. I don't have a net. And by net, I mean like parents. I don't have the, uh. you know, if I screw up here, I have to like be exiled back home yeah actually that's pretty unique um a lot of the comics i run into have a net if not parents wife or something like that yeah well i mean i don't pay for a phone bill i mean my parents do help me out a lot but i can't like live with my uh, extended family here so you actually do have family here oh yeah he's got no room for (laughs) huh yeah no room for you um well there's that but i mean like also I had when I when I came out here it was with t- two other dudes and uh they were like only 20. I'm I was 27 at the time. I'm I'm 31 now. So you, you don't a, look that old. I guess I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, yeah. The the fur helps the uh the uh, eating healthy and no smoking. That's right. Eat your vegetables. Um and then yeah, like I got really into nutritional science in college and then I loved it, but the science is really hard and the math yeah, math. And then having a dream that you want to pursue that, like, won't... <laughs> it's relentless. It's, like, going. conflicting with the... Yeah, it's just, like, I thought, okay, I'm a smart kid. I can do this for my parents. And then once I'm financially stable... That's a head shake right now. It's like, do the thing I want to do. <laughs> yeah, and then I can just do what I want to do. But uh, it turns out, no, like, if you have that thing that, like, gets in your way, you know, and it has to be um, recognized, you to just you know go with it it's funny that you mentioned that when i was younger i actually grew up with a lot of asian kids Mm -hmm. no cambodians that i know of but most of their parents were very strict and now i'm kind of noticing a lot of asians in the arts whereas before it was what happened asian parents lost their grip (laughs) right they had an iron grip what happened oh well uh i am i equate this to a lot of things like um in the 50s there's the industrial age uh, post-World War II. Um, well, I mean, there was free love and stuff like that, but if you were, were in World War II around that time, then you experienced the um, the Depression in the 20s, and then, uh, then free love in the 70s, and then after that, like, indus- uh, the industrial age was over, and then in the 80s, it was all, like, women started becoming... Um, business people like short haircuts, shoulder pads, jackets. Beverly Hills Cop Two, I think. Was it Bridget Nielsen? Or I know the look you're talking about, but I don't remember the name uh, of the actress. It's yeah, it's just like short hair, and then um, yeah, so everything started becoming corporate, and then we didn't have to tighten our belts so much. 
Um, and, and I think that's what happened with Asians is that once everyone became more business-minded and less factory-oriented, it was no longer, oh, work hard. Now it's like, go to school. And then now it's kind of like, oh, economy is so crappy. <laughs> There's nothing you could do. I mean, they can still try, but um, if they're, they're, sometimes they're just like hypocrites or, you know. I noticed that like um, higher income families tend to have a more liberal, you know, uh, raising of their children. Okay. For most part. So as the family kind of does better, they're less scared about you need to get a job to make money, and they're more like, well, you should be happy. Well, or they're just content with two, one or two having the legacy. Right. Like my dad, after my sister graduated as a biochem major from IU Bloomington, he goes, Paul, at least I got one. <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those moments where... Uh, wow, it's like permission. <laughs> huh? He's like, you know, do your thing. Yes, I'm yeah. actually not going to be mad at you anymore. Yeah. And a great weight was lifted. A great weight was lifted. <laughs> Two minutes later, he's running yeah. to L.A. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, no, that, yeah, that sort of happened. Because, uh, I don't know, a big thing with these kids, though, it's like, you don't have to be your parents, you know? Like, their their ideals are going to be so far removed than yours. Cause you, sh- you might have, like, a 10 to 20-year gap, you know? And, um, and like, in Asia, like, they don't, they can't afford to have, you know, a social life and stuff. I think that's another thing, too. You're, you said all your friends, they weren't as strict, or they were? No, their parents seemed very strict. I okay. mean, I've heard some very... Are they first-gen? Corporal... Pu- yeah. Okay, there you go. That's why. Uh, everyone has to be a farmhand, or everyone has to be resourceful, or... I mean, nobody's, like, independently wealthy. Like, you just... But yeah, everyone must get A's, not A minuses. I think. Oh yeah, the is what it, yeah, yeah, what it translated to. Yeah. So I guess as like Asians get here and they kind of settle in and things are kind of cool, they're like, oh, you know what? That's cool. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. What's the point of cracking the whip over making my kid be a pharmacist? He's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Well, and then like yeah, if Asians live here, I mean, then they're just American Asians. It's not That's like true, right? Asian Asians. They kind know? of slowly become. Asian, or sorry, they become American to where yeah. maybe they re- they look reflect upon some of their whatever their outlook, and they're like, hmm, maybe this one not so much, maybe just yeah. this one. Yeah, and then I mean, if you're successful in whatever you do, that proves it to them. So that's true too. They're just scared. I mean, what parent wouldn't be? It, Mom, gonna go play guitar at a coffee shop. Oh, just saw behind the music. Oh, oh no, my son gotta be Michael or Keith <laughs> Richards. <laughs> Yeah, they watch too much TV. Yeah. So let's talk dating back in South Bend. Oh wow! How did that go? What was? Where did your eye lean toward? What did you? Hmm. What did my eye lean toward? What was your first kind of encounter when you grew to be a man? Well, I mean, as I told you earlier, um, yeah, there weren't a lot of Asians. So, and I mean, there's all. It's the Midwest, the Bible Belt. So some, you know, areas are like segregated. But I was primarily around, like, Caucasians, um, Polish, and uh, Serbians, Irish, Notre Dame, South Bend, Indiana. Um, but, yeah, so it's, wow. I don't know. I, it's It stinks. You have these farm girls that are just, you know, they ride horses, and uh, they're around, like, you know, they're athletic, and they, they're very inter, what's it called? Not introverted. They know themselves, I guess, you know, and they're kind of free spirits, so they're not like these, what you have here in California, the um, the painted plastic 
you know, let's try to be as tall as we can. Are these spanks or is this a girdle? Oh, whatever. You know, they're they're a little more naturally, um, you know, attractive. Uh, what else? Like when I was starting to date, like I dated late, um, just because like I had the whole, I had to face like racism and then figure that out, and then try to like face strict parents and figure that out. So like it was a luxury for me finally when I, you know, was confident to talk to women. Because most Asians, I think, are still that way, right? Or just nerds in general. It's it's not as pervasive as it was here. Like, in the 80s, it seemed like the overarching, like, um, way people looked at Asian guys was nerd. Yeah. But now, here in California, you have a lot of thuggy Asians. And not thuggy gangster necessarily, but just kind of tough. A lot of fighters. So, the view of Asian guys now uh-huh. is very different. Yeah. And I think maybe it's just the bookish mm-hmm. plus plus Asian, which could be more yeah. of a self-confidence thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, they get, like, the most accolades and probably the most media coverage is, you know, it's like, oh, that Indian kid won the spelling bee. Again. You know. <laughs> Again. Right? Wasn't yeah. there, like, a there's a girl and a guy? Or they they both, I think I saw their movie. Oh, oh, yeah. What? Yeah, Spellbound. It was a documentary. Oh, I thought there was, a, like, a movie about, like, black kids. Oh, yeah, Ak- they- Akila and the Bee. <laughs> oh, you are like a spelling bee, like fanatic. I know. Something, right? There's something here. <laughs> I do have some bad, painful memories of losing them. Oh, uh, I, uh, I always got nervous. I was the kid that threw up all the time. So, that that stinks because I could have made it. I could have done well. <laughs> I'm really great with, uh, you know, anagrams and phonetics. And could have taken it to the to the hoop. Darn my nervous stomach. <laughs> Professional wordsmith. I don't know. <laughs> wordsmith. A lot of sawdust. That's yeah. yeah. I probably started that. Uh, I really need to answer your question. Yeah, uh, so in high school, I started. So it was all white girls, basically. That's the only um, option. Well, I mean, not the only option. There were black girls, but it's just there's like when you're the timid kid, and then there's this aggressive persona, you know, that you see, and then it's like everyone wanted you to fit into the labels, and so then it was kind of like, eh, 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 you know, like, does not fit. Does not fit. You can't. Yeah, round peg, square hole. That's not, I wasn't describing intercourse, um, no, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's just, that was my place for a while, for a while. And then after, um, I started, you know, going to parties, which was in college. Oh, I, uh, I gained a ton of weight too. I got my mm-hmm. freshman 50 pounds. So all you can eat Papa John's and breadsticks and, uh, code red Mountain Dew wow. in 99. And so even if I was attracting women, cause I had always used like comedy as, uh, you know, uh, to make things less threatening, you know, like, uh, uh what's, what's the word? Pacifist? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess that one, let's go with that one. Okay, to pacify the situation, to disarm the tension, I would just use the vehicle of comedy, because at least they were smiling and they're beautiful, as opposed to, it was just, nope, you have to reject me, or they just, you know, close their doors, so then you kind of settle for the, uh, the friend zone. And I was that guy for a while, and I actually became like the the mediator and the uh, therapist, and uh, and then it like went from just relationships to anything. Like anyone could talk to me about anything, and then I would just listen. So we're on the chat room. Dana Flores, Marie Stone is away. We're in studio with Paul Lau. So you just kind—it sounds like you just got more social. Yeah, yeah. It was really tough. Yeah, not having a car and stuff, and then. 
all of a sudden going to college and people like I was the romantic kid. Like I thought you had to charm a girl and bring her flowers. And then there was this whole formality to it, like courting. No, there was a girl named Xerox. She gave oral sex in the copy room machine in high school. And I'm just, Paul, you're not Hugh Grant. You can, okay. The bad example, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you don't have to, it's not the Victorian era, you know, there's no... Yeah, some girls actually want to, I guess. Yeah, all the time. Out. Like, yeah, it's, I think uh, MTV had a lot to do that with that, the spring break stuff, where it was just like, I'm, I'm a girl, I'm going wild, woo! And then they started burping and farting more, and I was like, where are the women at? <laughs> like, I have to pull out my wedgie and make it super obvious. Uh, I'm not... Yeah, and then guys always blame themselves. Um, okay, so are we talking about, like, high school relationship or just well, what if, I wanted? Well, if you're saying most, yeah, that'd be interesting. Kind of like in high school, probably when you're kind of, you were aware that you were interested, mm -hmm. what did happen? A lot of wishing and hoping or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Baywatch, so I was totally a breast guy. <laughs> and uh, boy, did that go sour real quick. Um but then a uh, band helps, and I started dating, and then it was just like, like, I, I don't know, Seinfeld also helped me look at every flaw. Like, I wanted, you know, I put everybody on a pedestal, and then if I was like, if I don't feel it, then I'm not going to, like, waste anyone's time. Like, I want them to. Uh, the first girl I dated, she, um, she had, like, a really peely nose from Sunburnt, and it was just like, I couldn't get past that. <laughs> and then the other girl was a twin, and... Uh, I, I don't know. She it was like I was, she was like probably twenty pounds heavier than I was, and it just and she was taller than me, and she was strong, so so I wasn't into a Sasquatch. Um, How did these relationships kind of start? Were they oh, you being therapist? Uh, I was just being funny, and then band, and then um, yeah, any interactions where we had like long term, and these were like three week oh you had month. band romances band yes i know of these like yes. marching band romances. yeah marching band yes. romances yes right wasn't it kind of like a little soap opera a lot of like trading partners because you guys are trading partners <laughs> <laughs> yes it's just like that 70s show and friends swingers club almost <laughs> yeah um g-rated swinging g-rated no but um oh man those drumsticks they had sizes for everything uh, yarn mallet timpani oh yeah, <laughs> yeah a xylophone um but yeah, I don't know. It just we were all working together for this large production, and um, we were up at six in the morning, so none of us, you know, were coherent. And that's normally how you get girls is when they're the least coherent. So <laughs> I'm and kidding. That's not true. No, I think that's helpful. Actually, <laughs> I think like distract them. Yeah. Look a shiny thing. Yeah, just get them into their safe place, and then like the dirty human troll that you are, take their basket of goodies. Yes, and make uh, them cry. And make them cry. Um, but yeah, like a lot of guys, it was just like, oh yeah, she uh, she filleted me or whatever. And then I was like, I really like that she likes comic books. Like I was more into their soul and their personality. Again, uh, not the most popular thing for all. Like I'm not going to go, hey dude, she took me to her house and we started skateboarding. Oh, that's, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Nobody cares. So. When you notice that, like, wow, I care about these girls' personalities, did it feel like, what's wrong with me? How come I just yeah. don't want to bang them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I had erections and stuff, but, like, it's not... 
I like again, it's just that whole like old like I wanted to be a knight. You know, I practiced the way of Bushido, like honor and stuff like that. Not because I'm Asian. Not because I'm Asian. Just because I thought, you know, like there was some sort of justice or, you know, societal justice. And then I was wrong. Um, but I also put my, like, standards way too high just because, you know, I couldn't not see flaws. Even though I was flawed, I didn't. When you, you say know. standards, you mean physical? N- normally physical. Yeah, normally physical. And then when I get rejected by them, I was like, oh, but uh, now I am lesser and. It was stupid. Oh, so you had kind of a a very internal code of, like, what was going on, and it was based in Bushido? (laughs) Yes, it was based in Bushido. I've dishonored you. (laughs) This is actually kind of... Like, the dialogues you must have had in your head, like, Mm -hmm. psyching yourself up about to talk to the girl who Mm -hmm. ends up rejecting you. Sure. Was it, like, talking about honor and how this is meant to be, and you were... Something's funny about the samurais, though, is you're supposed to accept that you're already dead. (laughs) So uh, you should just accept that you're going to get rejected and then go in fearless. But no, I'm, I never got that far because I was never like the biggest guy or the, you know, I was always goofy. And then the fact that like I was Asian, it was like, oh, he's exotic. I have to now read the manual or go through some sort of, you know, class to prepare myself to date an Asian. Like I'm not an alien, but, you know, that's how I felt they were like, that was my straw man argument of them thinking about me. And then, uh... Then we flash forward to um, when I'm like 24, and uh, I started working at a restaurant, and I was like super funny in there, and uh, I started making enough money where it wasn't like uh, I could go out drinking and having fun and yeah parties, house parties, and then I started coming into my own being, and then uh, and this is all in South Bend still. This is all in South Bend still. College was a just long dry spell. Didn't have internet until uh, that, and wow, geez, my poor computer. Uh, yeah, that's just... It probably feels so filthy with all the things <laughs> that you have <laughs> so put onto its screen. I knew. Um, yeah, my poor roommates. <laughs> so college wasn't so helpful, but the workplace... But the workplace, like, I started noticing, like, oh, high school doesn't really matter as far as, like, how, so- you know... Not social elitism, but just how society works. You know, it's such a degenerate way because it's not free. Like, you have a schedule. you're stuck. Yeah, and you're stuck. And it's all by, like, um, relative location. So, you know, if Hot Girl is in class A and I don't see her in, you know, fifth period, then that's a no-go, you know, so... Yeah, I know what you mean. Kind of like the um, paradigm we tell ourselves how the world works is Mm -hmm. probably affected by high school and high school is very different there are other places that are like high school Mm -hmm. i've I've heard the entertainment business which is oddly enough something you're getting into but we'll we'll get to that in a second you're still in south bend you got your job at Mm -hmm. a restaurant and you're like you're more social you find yourself much more comfortable with people yeah yeah i i was like wow my jokes actually like um validate me which, again, I'm a person. I should have been like, no, I'm validated because, you know, I can't, I am entitled to being able to talk to a person. But, you know, I had been, I'm not going to say victim, but I was um, subjected to racism, racist comments or ignorant comments. And at the time, I didn't know how to handle it because I cared about everybody's opinion. Mm, okay. But then, you, you know, you knock one out of the park. I was a late bloomer. I lost mine at 26. So, and this girl, like... Huge naturals uh, from Pennsylvania. Yeah, and uh, half German, half Irish. Free spirit, vegetarian. 
um, I was I was just like floored, like, oh really? And then uh, yeah, at the time, like I had such a dry spell that I was the other guy. I was, uh, <laughs> wow. yeah, I took. But but the way she described it was it was a long goodbye. Like you know this this is failing. I'm gonna tell him soon. And I was like, uh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't. Mom, what? There's no more cold water? Okay, then I guess we are. Uh, and then and then it just was that alone poisoned the whole entire thing like really yeah like i'm i i would think i was a good guy until like i crossed that line and then i realized like oh wow this is all tainted um and then she ended it and then that was my first heartbreak so this is a relationship that was kind of already floundering it was oh their relationship yes she he was gonna propose to her and she was like 20 so that too young gotcha you know too young to get married and then uh and then, like, yeah, I, uh, she came up to me and was attracted to me, and then we hung out. Okay, so she's with a guy, and that her relationship's kind of yeah, floundering, and floundering. you come in. And then, yeah. And I you're not in. sure whether or not you even want to get involved. Yep, we had long talks till 3 in the morning about not doing this. about, And, and I tried, and I tried, and then, yeah. Eventually, it's like, nope. Game over. <laughs> we So we did, though, right? And, and we did. And then once we did... Yeah. What happened with you, right? Is Do you think you changed something like, you're like, oh, I feel something new. I don't... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've never been chosen before. Like, it's so flattering. You know, especially... Because most of the time, that was either the excuse or, um, you know, they just didn't know how to... Like, I was... I felt like the albino, like the... the with the third arm growing on my forehead. You know, uh, I never, like, in any type of society... Plus, like, when you're a comedian, you don't... You, you might be funnier before you can talk, I guess. So I was always doing physical things or speaking in nonlinear ways to where people could understand what the joke was about. But then as soon as I, yeah, I came into my being and I became more confident. But yeah, after that, like, uh, yeah, heartbreak for like, I don't know, a year, two years. And it was heartbreak because we had one time and none other. Well, we had like four times. So. Okay, so we had, we had four, four times, which yeah, were yeah. awesome, but mm-hmm. she didn't want to pursue a relationship? No, she didn't. She's like, yeah, free spirit. Like You, could totally you were her, it. like, you were her, what's the word, ginger, in between different pieces of sushi. Why not do an Asian, I know it's Japanese, but I'm doing an Asian metaphor. I Basically, you were t- her palate cleanser. <laughs> I was just like, that poor red- redheaded stepchild. <laughs> no, not that kind of ginger. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the pink pickled ginger in between the... Exactly. Oh, uh, like a palate cleanser? Yeah. Is uh, that what you were? A cracker? I was not a cracker, in, be- in between, In between tasting two different kinds of chocolates? Uh, I was a refreshing glass of water with a slice of cucumber. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I mean, and the guy she was with, like, it's one of those, like, really pretty girls that, you know, doesn't normally take the alpha male because she's, she was basically Zoe Deschamel from 500 Days of Summer. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's, I'm not saying I actually had a real relationship, but I'm saying, like, comparatively, just, um, yeah, way out of my league if you could, if you can equate physical leagues you know, but yeah, that's when I knew. It was like, wow, that's just articulate and stuff. But she had a little bit of a drug history and a drinking problem. That was also, like, I knew, like, no, that's that's not good. Cause I don't. Did you do that when you were younger, where you're like, this is the type of girl I think I'm that would be perfect for me. And for me, it was smokes marijuana, <laughs> listens to records, uh, is, is a little athletic, big naturals. <laughs> And uh, and she she's attracted to me. That's kind of like the key. I don't. I, I did make a checklist. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, I'm going to go with these. And then as you go along, you kind of, like, alter it. Mm -hmm. So she hit all your points. She hit all my points, and then I realized, wow, I didn't think this through. (laughs) This genie really got my wish right, and I'm just not happy. Wow. So. And when you say not happy, what does that mean? Oh, I mean, like. I, I, like, extrapolate what would have happened, and, you know, she probably would have cheated on me, or um, there would have been, like, like the drugs might have gotten worse, you know, because I like people, um, like, I like their souls, but if they uh, become, like, an empty husk or a shadow of themselves, and all I see is, like, that person and have memories, but then when they talk or something, it's like they're coked out, you're like, ugh, I don't know you anymore, you're dead, and, you know, you, you killed that part that I love so much. So, so did you kind of realize that there's that the internal some of the internal stuff is more important like I always felt that way but it's just it's confusing when you have like these w- raging boners like I know they're like but my body says I want her but she's stupid no body yeah what do you do <laughs> Yeah what do you do uh you just you just go through it like even though you try to prepare yourself for it just go through all the steps to ma- maturity you know, and then also don't just wait till the perfect one. Like I had high standards, but I probably, you know, could have had great relationships, but instead I kept saving myself. <laughs> Not saving myself for God or anything, but saving myself for a good time. Right. And it's like, no, you're supposed to just, you know, figure out like how it works, you know, the whole like intimacy and like talking to a person that's the opposite sex. That's not your relative. <laughs> so... <laughs> Did you know any guys in high school that were much more fluid with girls that you kind of thought, all right, yeah, I'd like to steal some moves from him? Were there any guys that did have this together, young? Jeez, mm. oh, It never made sense in my head. I'm like, okay, so Pizza Face over there gets oral sex XXX amount of days from all these girls. I have now lost respect for XXX amount of these girls. <laughs> They're now off the list. And, like, I always thought, like, um, like love and attraction was a choice. You know, and that's not true. You tend to feel like a chemistry. And um, even over time, your emotions are going to change for different people. You know, you might, there might be a wallflower, like, you know, in your life. And, uh, and yeah, as soon as I started to identify that, that's when, like, I got to, you know, open up more. Instead of putting up the freaking walls and... Number 14, come forward! <laughs> I see... Yes, you have a snaggle tooth and a super gummy smile. Explain yourself. Like, no, fuck that. Get that noise, you know? <laughs> that is a good, that's a good show. I don't know what we would call it. <laughs> but what's funny is, the sad thing is, I think all guys go, like, through some of that sometime in their life where, you, have to. you know, she is put under the microscope. Oh, I don't like this vein. This is not going to work. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. You're missing an eyelash there, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then why do we do that? I don't know. To hopefully um, make this one be the perfect one. Uh, well, it's it's part that, and then the other part is um, we don't know enough about because like your body doesn't know what they look like, or even your body has a certain rhythm to it. Like making love and making music are a lot the same in that uh, some people they have different things that they enjoy. You know, maybe they, you know, more foreplay, less foreplay, uh, back massages or certain music or no music or lube. Like, there are so many factors that go into it that you just kind of just got to, you know, figure out. And and then the person, uh, the way they look, you know, it, it kind of like, it gets pushed down on priorities. So, 
So kind of as you experience more beautiful women, you start mm-hmm. to realize that beauty is one thing, but it only gives you X amount of pleasure or comfort or whatever. Sure, yeah, yeah. What do and you do the rest of the time? What do I do the rest when of the time? When you're not looking at her, what do you do? Or oh, what about when it wears yeah. off? Oh, is yeah, she yeah. mean when she talks to you? Does she? Is mm-hmm. she intelligent? Can you guys have conversations? Mm-hmm. Is she willing to go to a restaurant that's not like a chain? Yeah. Oh, man. Or does she read? Does she read books? Right. Uh, <laughs> does she read books? Yes. Um, but, um, and then, like, there's the fighting, too. Like, can I fight with her and can it be okay? Or is it, like, when I fight with her, it, like, destroys, like, my social life? You know, you got to learn about that. It sounds like a, a story there. Oh. Now, when you say destroys your social life because she'll go talk about every talk. Uh, well, you- I mean, either alienates them or she judges your friends and then you can't hang out with them. Or, um... There's ultimatums that happen in relationships, you know, like I've had friends where it's like comedy or me, got to pick. And it's like you've had guys have that experience. Yes. Not myself. Okay. Thank goodness. But yeah, I've had friends where it's just like ultimatum time. And it's like, how are you going to do that to me? You know, and of course, they normally pick their dream. You know, I hope should hope so. My gosh, you want to be miserable with her? Mm -hmm. I mean. That it, I don't know. That is a sad situation. But any guy that would pick that girl who made him quit the thing he loved to do, yeah. I don't know how fun life is going to be after that. Yeah. There's well, no jobs. What are you going to do? Do your <laughs> do your thing you love to do. Right. Well, and it's the societal norms. You know. Oh, that's true. It's like the this is the coupling thing. This yeah. is what everyone does. And uh, Homer Simpson and his family. Yeah. You know. And, and people understand it. It's really, there's not many people that understand comedy or even the creative urge. Yeah. It's hard to talk with a lot of normal people yep. because they're like, I don't understand. Why don't you just get a job? You know, like, you don't get it. Jobs are easy. <laughs> Jobs are easy, but it's just, it is mind-numbing. And then, I don't know, I get dreams where my teeth fall out or I didn't get my homework done. Again, not because I'm Asian. But here's the thing. <laughs> Uh, I, I read in like a dream book that when your teeth fall out in your dream, it's because you haven't fulfilled your life's goal at that milestone in your life. And, uh, and that's not good. <laughs> you know, that means you're like swallowing pride or you're throwing away potential ideas. Leave the money part out of it. Like things that you want to create to leave, you know, your imprint on this world besides trash. Yeah. Two things, right? The one, it's difficult for people to understand letting go of money, that potential money. The other is wanting to do something that's not just regurgitation of the the famous comic or the famous artist to be the next one that's a copycat. Yeah. I think that's hard for people to understand, too. Well, I mean, it's safe when you can copy something. Like, I I drew, like, comic books. I still draw. And uh, people are like, oh, this guy's really good. And then I go, okay, well, can you draw a vase? No no reference. Just draw a vase. And he had such a hard time. But he really could get, like, the muscles all... <laughs> well, if he was looking at the picture, sure. I so see. So he was transcribing. So it's like, but you didn't do anything with it. Like, my parents were the same way. My sister did a uh, water... Not watercolor. She did oil of uh, Starry Night. Van Gogh Starry Night. You know, and it's fine because it looks like the thing. And then I draw, like, you know, Spider-Man. And I draw... Um, like 15-minute portraits of my cousins, and they're recognizable in the picture, and then they hang that up, (laughs) they hang Starry Night up on the the wall. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. It looks better aesthetically. I get that. Yeah, it it comforts them where your picture... Yeah, it's like, you should be in chemistry class right now. Aw. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they are Asian parents, and that's fine too. If your parents are different from you, 
you can't hate them for just being different, yeah. you know? And then you just got to accept that. Like, I used to hold grudges like, Dad, how can you not understand? And it's like, oh, wait, how can I not understand him? Like, you know, play devil's advocate. So... Has he told you any stories? It's probably was scary in his he, childhood. Yeah, um, not really. I mean, nothing. Because uh, they were in a prison camp for a year, two years. And then, um, yeah, several family members either like were lost in the jungle because of landmines or, um, you know, they were electrocuted or suffocated with trash bags because the Khmer Rouge needed all the bullets, so... And they were brainwashing children to kill adults because they were trying to start uh, an anti-intellectual movement. So if you wore glasses, they killed you. If you knew what Animal Farm was really about, they killed you. That was like one of the stories my mom told me is like they would walk down the line and they go, what is Animal Farm about? And she's like, I don't know, animals, pigs? She, of course she knew it was about, you know, socialism, but she never said it, so. Wow. Yeah. She's a real intellectual, the kind that can hide it, huh? Well, I mean, smart enough to hide it. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty scary. And she was just like a little village girl that loved to read. And, you know, I really identify with that. You know, so. so I think what you're saying is your dad probably has these very um, vivid memories of some tough times. And you, it's been like, you know, oh. sunshine <laughs> and <laughs> strawberries. I mean, outside of the, the casual racism. Yeah, and, and, the, and when you say racism, is this when you're younger and people would just kind of make fun of you? or uh, Make fun of me or if... Uh, since this is a dating show, like the girls in high school I dated, sometimes they would end because their parents clearly did not want me dating. Oh. Yeah. How many times did that happen? Two or three times. That's upsetting, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Like, I, I'm not going to force my ideals or views on them and disobey. Because, like, again, I was following the Bushido, the honor. Ideal say, can I please call your daughter, sir? <laughs> your shotgun shoots how many rounds per second? Oh, you don't have to pump. Well, then... <laughs> Good day. Uh, I'll bid you good day. <laughs> I'll bid you good day, Sal. <laughs> wow, that that is kind of scary. Out here, it's it would probably be a lot more subtle, and like maybe their parents would pout or something. There'd be no bodily harm possible. Sure. But you had some farm farmers and people with land and. <laughs> yep, I can hide the body pretty far. We got a well. That's <laughs> right. The only ring you're going to see is the one where it makes your face all weird in the video. <laughs> and in Indiana, you kind of did have kind of, there was a redneck area, right? Like, oh. the south is just below you a little yeah, bit? Yeah, there's Brown County, where everyone sounds like Boonhauer from King of the Hill. Wow. Like, I, I met a girl, not a girl, she, I don't know, she had hamburger face, in which, <laughs> it just, I didn't, her gender could have been anything, but, um... She uh she worked with me in the food court at the at Bloomington in college and she just I everything she said I couldn't get any ding dong what I I mean no exaggeration and that's how they communicate through meth <laughs> they blow each other's like meth breath on each other it's, oh, I, said, I know what you mean yeah I know what you mean poison airs pheromones shoot that's what I got right here. Wow. Ding down. That, that would be... But you didn't go to high school. Who did you go to high school with mostly? What was your kind of like... The demographics there? Uh, uh, white teens that listened to 90s rap. Okay. Um, so you had that. Uh, you had your uh, run-of-the-mill country folk. But it was like a small... Because ours is in like the city. Um, and then you had just random, rich, intelligent kids and very uh, sexually liberated, intelligent girls, which I thought was weird. But, yeah. That is kind of weird. Like, was, were you near a college or something? Uh, well, I mean, there's 
um, there's Notre Dame, but I wouldn't calculate. I think it's just like when you have space, like peace of mind, uh, and things move slow, like you get really bored, and then you're um, either you do one or two things. You you have you know you shoot things and drink and dull your senses, or you have like a intellectual hunger and or something like a hobby hunger. A lot of those people they you know do flea markets like the older people and stuff like that. Whereas here, I feel like you know they just try to be as young as long as possible. And yeah, in fact, let's get to that. Let's since we're we're kind of closing down on our time. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to see your perspective on moving from South Bend to here. The difference between the girls and when did you realize that? Oh my gosh, it, it's crazy. Uh, like you said, I don't look my age, so I've been to a lot of proms and uh, <laughs> every year uh, never win. Um, but uh, but yeah, like they're just. They're forward. Um, oh, back home, there's kind of a weird, like, you got to kind of be playfully mean. And here it could be anything, you know. Um, but you still have, like, you know, your snobby, uh, everything is brand name kind of girls. And you have a lot of Barnes & Nobles here, so that helps <laughs> for me. I don't know. I, I really like the uh, the mousy, um, you know, librarian types. So just because just I get to talk to them. But, I mean, yeah. you And then, I don't know. You have a good uh, music scene out here. That's true. You know, and then, um, but it's, I don't know, it's so strange. Because some girls will be in the shape of, this is my shallow part again. Well, they'll be like tall and leggy, and they'll be in downtown Fullerton, and then you'll catch them in like a, like a wrong shadow, and then you're just like, oh, your legs have made a cottage cheese. <laughs> what is going on? It's, it looks like a muscle, but it's a sponge. Yeah. And and I'm just like, oh man. And then you your girls have that wait what? That that weird draw, like yeah, so like, you don't know how to tell stories, do you? In lieu of adjectives, uh interesting characters of dialogue, you you stretch out the word. <laughs> they do like to talk though. Yeah. That what that's weird. You're a comedian. why would you do that? What you go to where? Wait? <laughs> Yeah. So they're forward and open and frank, and it's they're kind of impolite, I guess, is what you're saying. Sometimes. Again, like, you guys, I think there's an equal uh, proportion of jerks and douches as everywhere else, but the concentrations... Oh, no, they all come here. Oh, they uh, all right? just come it here. It seems like, from around the country, certain mm-hmm. type of people come here, and a lot of them are probably... Either some of them are narcissistic and the other are just kind of like low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they do come here to like yeah. be feel better about feel themselves. Better oh, I mean the weather too helps. Like you guys have great dating spots, and uh, I think having the Latin, the Latino like culture is very like also they're very forward and passionate people. So, so do you find that comedy is a good way to meet chicks? No, <laughs> I mean don't get me wrong. Like you can get. Uh, chuckle bangers but um that's not i don't know there's there's it's like meeting anyone like i don't like meeting girls in a bar it happens but it's not like um because they could only they can't hear you first off and then they go through like their set list of questions that they what's your major oh wow i wouldn't have guessed how old you are hey what kind of car do you drive this song really like it's always like a negative you know thing about the room and um, for bar people, you know, I, I don't know, I'm all over the place right now. So nothing has ever come from a bar conversation, so you're not looking forward to another one. If we had quiet pubs, uh... Yeah, nobody, 
It seems like that. girls don't like that because guys are really good liars. And also, they don't have a, a need for conversation when they have that gay best friend. That's true. It's, yeah. It stinks. Like, it stinks because I had a gay dude in, in Indiana, and uh, girls would laugh at him, but only because he agreed with them. Oh, you can do better. Yeah, let's just get drunk and go to the club. And I'm like, you are laughing. This offends me more as a comic because I work on these jokes. I work on them. And you're just giving him the laughs. Uh, yeah, he, he ruins. Gay guys kind of ruin things because I think they set the bar high for us. I think they expect us to be into a lot of the same mm-hmm. things girls are into. But the thing is, those girls should know by now you're going to get bored with that guy that agrees with you if you were in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I I actually wrote like a paper about the six types of girls that are in a, um, where you're always in the friend zone with. There's a ridiculously gorgeous blonde girl and she'll always have like nine guys around her who aren't her boyfriend. She'll complain about her boyfriend all the time to those guys and then they'll be on her hand and foot. It's like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And then one guy reaps the uh, sexual benefits, and then the other guys reap the uh, intimacy benefits. And they're just like, oh, man, once that guy screws up, it's I'm swooping in. It's like, no, dude, you're the little brother. You're, it's over. Over, man. <laughs> That's sad. And then, oh. yeah, then there's the childhood friend where you're like, I could, I shouldn't, but I could, but I shouldn't. And, like, then she blossoms. And it's like I definitely need to, and then sh- and then she's like, yeah, but you're still my brother. Like it's almost like the same. Um, for so did zones. you write that in school for a class, or was it just oh, out no. of frustration? Out of fr- <laughs> uh, no, I was uh, was part of a writing like a blog group, and I wrote that. That's so a good one. It's like a, it's that. about well, it's actually paralyzed uh, paralyzes uh, parallels video game marketing to friend zone women. So, like, World of Warcraft is a lot like the blonde, where everyone signs up to play, but only one guy gets to, you know, reap the benefits of being with, like, the epic item, you know, as far as uh, objectifying women. Yes, I think that reference went over my head. I know of World of Warcraft. I just don't know the intricacies of the game to be able to appreciate that. All you have to know is there's 7 million guys all chasing after one thing. Which is? uh, Just... Not having a life, I guess. Oh, what is, now when you, when you say one guy gets it, what is it? Paid? He gets paid. Because all the guys are paying? He gets, I don't know, he's just reaping the benefit of the one, uh, like, because they have, like, armor that you can get. I don't even play it myself. <laughs> I just see the catastrophe that it leaves, you know, just back knee and, you know, <laughs> not shaving and smelling bad and 18 hours of sleep yeah, a day. Broken dreams, probably. Yeah. Um... But yeah, wait, what were we talking about earlier? Well, I guess I was just interested in your um, observations on coming from South Bend and then coming here. So you're not meeting girls. Are you still meeting girls in the restaurant? Yeah, of course. Okay. That's why I was like, Paul, why don't you quit all of them? I was like, how how else am I going to get laid? What do you you mean quit? This is where I get, Yeah, this this is is where it all happens. This is where the love happens. This is where I got my fishing net. Um, No, I mean, I I do meet people. Um, It's just, uh, I hate saying this, but like comics should not date other comics. No, it's it's really bad. Don't because you have to see them. Because <laughs> you have to see them, right? Well, I can't mean, just break up with them and run away. We we all are broken or damaged in some way, and that's our coping mechanism. And uh, you know, um, running away. You mean the? Oh no, not running away. What's the uh, the uh, jokes? Jokes are a coping mechanism. Um, and when you both are like so much the same, 
Like, I believe okay. you should have a compliment. You shouldn't have the person that's exactly like you. you I know, see what you mean. Unless you're, you're both super narcissists, then yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go kiss yourself in you the water. deserve each other. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's comfortable to be around a comic because like, oh, we have a lot in common. Yes. But ultimately, it's not the relationship that you're looking for mm. because this person thinks the way you do and doesn't help you grow. Mm-hmm. You don't teach her anything. Yeah. She doesn't teach you anything. Pokemon. Yeah. Yes. I teach you and you teach me. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's so cool, though, that they have that where the... The kid, the protagonist, Ash Ketchum, leaves his house and goes on a journey and then tries to win. Whereas our parents send us to college and then we come back when we're 26 and live with them forever. That's horrible. Like, you have to go and grow. It is a sad story. I know, you got to replace mom, ultimately, right? Oh, yes, Oedipal. (laughs) Yeah, I guess, you know, ultimately it comes down to a little bit of that. Hopefully you grow enough to not need mom the way you did when you were younger. Mm -hmm. But yeah girls do kind of take over a little bit of the yeah yeah they do you to sleep or Uh, whatever that was like one of the things people try to sell me on asian women was you know what dude yeah i mean she she does talk all fobby and she doesn't know all the words and i take her and she doesn't get my references but when i'm sick she makes me good chicken soup. Wow. She are these Asian me. guys? or No, just, these are white guys. These are white guys like, you don't know, bro, Asian yeah. girls. They're so exotic, and they really take care of you. And I mean, yeah, for the long-term relationship, that's fantastic, you know. But, like, again, I think it's just, like, get the law of averages, and then, you know, so, like, I've, I've had a girlfriend where it's not, like, a no-brainer. Like, normally some guys, like, I have trouble saying I love you. It's like, no, it's really easy to say I love you to the, you know, that one girl, so... Just it's interesting that guys kind of like uh, explain to you why. Basically, right? They're explaining yeah, yeah, yeah. to you why they like Asian girls. Yeah. And like, dude, you can just like a girl for whatever traits she has, you know? Like, again, it, it still always comes down ultimately to a choice. Oh, and by the way, the whole gay bashing thing earlier, that was just the detraction from comedy. I, I'm we really cool. Gays. We love gays. Yes. But it is what it is when a gay guy hangs around women. Yeah. And then women kind of, that's their only interaction with men. It's, 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 I can imagine it would make for a lot of uncomfortable situations Mm -hmm. where women don't understand why you don't want to wallow in emotions like he Mm -hmm. does or talk about sad things and just get sad together. Yeah. Well, there is gender role reverse or reversal now where guys like, I mean, you can tell by just our fashion, skinny jeans, where our guys used to be like all into muscles. Now that's not an issue. Now it's like sunken in chests and just little boy arms like that's sexy cold play is sexy yes but then also the jersey shore to some people the jersey shore look is i think what you're saying is we now have more um models and more kind of yeah models and androgyny and well but the thing is with the jersey shores they still wax like they do their hair up a lot right and it is a type of trash i mean it's not exactly the the creme de la creme are you talking about the show as a as a show as a model Yes, as a piece of art. Right. Wow, that's a Banksy. Right well, there. I, I guess what I mean is people do imitate them. Sure. And there are probably chicks that like muscled guys. The cool thing is that, you know, as you grow up, it's nice to have uh, different role models you can choose from. Yeah. And it's nice to not worry about, oh, how I'll never have those muscles, mm-hmm. which seems to be almost like from where a lot of comic book um, geekery comes from, yeah. like the desire to have those muscles. Well, sometimes if you get young enough, and then you learn that, you know, education, like you can learn anything from the internet. Like I used to use AskMen.com to find out tips on how to see girls and stuff like that. 
and then I started getting like tips on how to do um, you know body build and you know better health and then I became more self-sufficient so what is it were there any good tips like when you were reading for dating tips did anything actually help or did you just end up learning it Here's By experience. I, I swear every guy does this. We go through a phase where we're like, oh, wow, I don't dress like I care. So then we go to like Express or somewhere and buy these like button down shirts. And then now we have like trying to be Daniel Craig from, you know, 007. We're just walking in, duck lips out like, yeah, hey, because I have false confidence. But then we never sit still and talk to one girl. Instead, we were like, just, yeah, I'm a chicken. I'm cock of the walk. What up? And no peacocking, sir. No, don't do that. And then you learn that's wrong. And if you can dance, you think, oh, yeah, you know, learn how to break dance or salsa or just, you know, do that. And then that turns out to be, like, kind of gross. <laughs> so know. almost all this advice is probably one dude telling you what works for him. And oh, yeah. Um, ultimately, but, you have to find your own way. Right, right. Well, and the thing is, it's so vague. Like, they go, confidence? Yeah, you should have confidence. And, like, I've never had that. I don't know what that is. You're explain to me. What, is it, what does it look like? Right. But uh, some things that work, though, is um, lead girls when you move. So, like, ah, oh, this spot. I don't like this spot. And you take their hand and you walk away. Um, you can bat them, like, lightly with a piece of paper. It's kind of like a, a, a little tease. Uh, I mean, that, that really works. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like, some of those... I think the techniques are helpful, especially with yeah. guys that aren't naturally used to this. Mm -hmm. And then probably you'll find your own way of doing all these things. Mm -hmm. I think what you're saying is be confident and um, lead from the inside. So if you really don't want to do this, don't worry about, well, what, what, what would she think? Just yeah, yeah, do yeah. things and kind of bring her along mm -hmm. instead of worrying about, do you want... Are you cold? Do you want to yeah. yeah. move? Yeah. And Oh, my gosh. Yes. That guy. <laughs> Yeah, and don't worry about rejection. It's not... That's probably the hardest thing, That's right? so hard because you think, oh, I chose you. You didn't choose me. I'm an idiot. It's like, no, no dude. It's just, it didn't work out. Who cares? <laughs> it, it is hard to explain that in words, though. That is something you need to experience. Mm -hmm. And that's probably something that no one wants to hear. Yeah. I can't give you a book that will make you good with this. Mm -hmm. It's like a feeling, and you have to get used to it. And you have to understand mm -hmm. that it's not about you. It's just... It's about her. Yeah, and you it's not even know. your fault. Like, if maybe she had nine guys hit on her. Maybe she, you know, went through, like, sexual abuse. Like, there's so many things that you could not possibly do to change that, you know, except be a civil, normal human being and live your life to the fullest. Have you kept in contact with any girl, uh, girls that you were friends with in high school? What are they doing now? Oh, man. They all uh, babies the and married? Pregnant, India... Um, New York, bio major. Uh, <laughs> I don't, not really. I, I it's it's funny. Like high school, like Facebook is nice just to peek in, check on them. But I mean, they they are the societal norm compared to a comedian. You know, like some of them look way older than what our ages are. Mm -hmm. And with me, I've always just kind of like refreshed my group. <laughs> Once everyone else has like graduated in their societal norms, like okay, time to find new twenty-year-olds. <laughs> I know, huh? Stay with the, like that, was it Days and Confused yeah, quote? Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. I keep getting older and they keep staying the same. High school girls stay the same age. Yeah. And I guess that's, there's a lot of people out there that if they don't know what they do want to do, they're going to follow that norm, mm -hmm. which is, 
it's nice that nowadays it seems like there's a larger movement of people trying to do something creative. Like mm-hmm. there's there's a it's not exactly easy to be a stand up comedian, but it's pretty it's something you could like research on the internet and know, okay, I should probably do this, probably do this. Yeah. What did you like how did you start? Oh, uh my friends kept telling me to go do it. We had a local comedy club and uh I, I local went to Local as in South Bend? Yeah. Okay. Uh South Bend, uh Funny Bone. And um I went to a show and we laughed and then everybody left and then I talked to a guy and then we started workshopping and then in two weeks uh, a punk band asked me to open for them for a Katrina benefit and I did that and then there was like a weird bidding war this uh this guitarist named Fruit Pie wanted me to open for his band and so the uh, the albinos said no way Fruit Pie we're taking them to Ireland and so then we flew to Ireland and I did comedy there uh, and then, yeah, and then um, you, when you bomb, it hurts so much when you first start. I, would, I, I could only do it once a week on Thursday, and uh, sometimes I would skip like five or six of those just because like, ah, oh, I don't want to go because it's silence. Five or, five or six in a, weeks in a row sometimes you would. Yeah, yeah, I just wouldn't. So it'd be like a month and a half of no comedy, whereas here it's like I feel weird if I only do it twice or three times a week. Okay. So... And so you're saying bombing more is actually better than bombing less. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, well, as a comedian, I'm maturing. It's like, no, as a person and a comedian at the same time, you're maturing. Like, that's how art is. Is At first, you have these rules. And then Yoda tells you, unlearn what you have learned. <laughs> and I think that's not enough people tell people that. They're like, like I feel like uh, conservative people are like that. Like, no, every rule will work with all the new rules or the rules that are right or good. No matter what. Ever. Because forever. Ever and ever. Haircuts for everybody. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's like, no, that's not true. Bureaucracy. Because these rules, you were probably taught for the benefit of the older people. Sure. Sadly. It's yeah. to, like, make their life easier. Mm-hmm. And some of those, did you ever get, did your dad ever give you any, like, girl advice or dating advice that just turned out to be flawed? No, but he did one thing that was super creepy. He goes, Paul, if you... If you want to bring girl home, it's okay. You can bring her down to to your stairs, you know, in your basement. But remember, Melody, she have to wake up early, practice violin. I'm like, no. <laughs> you just, you said it's okay for me to get the nook while my sister's trying to go play violin. That's... I know, creepy. That's uh, not... Yeah, I... Oh. He thought he was being all helpful. Kind of. Yeah, it just never came up. Like, And that, that's the way I like it. <laughs> I actually preferred it. He's just not that type of guy. He's just this weird, fobby, um, uh, oh, crap. What's his name? Yeah, uh, really, like, he's construction-y. Like, he bu- he's really good with his hands. Okay. So, um, Carpenter type thing? Carpenter. Bob Vila is the word I was looking for. He's uh-huh. a Cambodian Bob Vila. Like, he has a weird, um, fobby voice. And then you ask him about, like, uh, electrical sockets. So it's like, Paul, give me that ladder. Well, you see, uh, you want to make sure they're two feet apart <laughs> and make sure you look for the drywall for the studs. And I was like, who are you? Why? So he can suddenly become articulate. Arti- yeah, it's so weird. It's like night and day. <laughs> did anyone, like in high school, did you guys ever, did you have like friends who talked about, oh, dude, you know what you should do? No, this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. Was there anyone to go to to talk about My friends dating? were all, like my closest friends were all nerds. So we, none of us knew. None of us knew. And then uh, after I dropped out of college the first time, I hung out with this kid in the summer. And he had a six-pack and was working out. Um, and, like, it started reaping in the benefits of that, even though he's still nerd. Like Interesting. So you had, you had a nerd escape from the 
asylum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of us do. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not hideous, but <laughs> no, no. You're. That's true. I mean, yeah. I think what it comes down to is you just need to find your thing and. I think confidence comes when you find your thing and then you're good at it. And then it also helps, to be honest, that women are now being given permission to kind of be nerds. Yes. For them to pursue something that they actually care about. Right. In the old days, it seemed like, be pretty. That's it. That's your thing. Mm-hmm. You No, what we need you to be doing is going to makeup classes. You don't go to, you know, uh, conventions. You don't. Right. These Birkenstocks and these corduroy pants. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you take those off right now. We want dresses. We want high heels. Well, Paul Lau, it has been uh, wonderful seeing you, or excuse me, speaking with you here in studio. I'm glad we actually got this. Uh, you, you came in the studio right on time. It was like a night in my shining thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it has been the chat room here yeah, on KUCI eighty-eight point nine FM in Irvine every Friday five PM to six. We went a little over for Paul today, oh, but that's thanks. okay. Up next is Andy Vasoyan. It's going to. I, I don't think I have a guest for next week, but I. Hopefully, it'll be someone funny. Paul, it has been a pleasure to have you here. Awesome, Paul. Awesome, thanks. Get out while I'm the master of balance With multiple talents I provide the landscape Baby, you provide the challenge I've been broken down and out And look at the sound that I'm drowning out I'm around the town and I'm round about And it's better than a kick in your freaking mouth These words might scare you Make you tremble and double dare you But now we're always learning Always listening and very burning and not checking the resume, two thumbs down is what they say. Up talk it down, down talk it up, down talk it down, down talk it up, down talk it up, down talk it up, down talk it up, down talk it down, down talk it up, down talk it up, down talk it up, down talk it Touch your trembling chest to look at what a walrus digest Last Halloween, gave you my heart Very next day, you gave it away, made you disappear Downtown yell, uptown rebel One love, one city, one now Got some raps and seas never heard Oh baby, I like it more Sometimes run like a future shock Look at my radio, rock the block Bows and dinners and a tall can I'm sponsored by every brand Turn your radio up Uptown Try to get dead